Park Baptist Church. Good afternoon to you all. At this time, if you're able to rise, we would love for you to join us in singing The Old Account Was Settled, The Old Account Was Settled, Hymn 675, Hymn 675, The Old Account Was Settled, and then we'll have an opening word of prayer. Hymn 675, Hymn 675, The Old Account Was Settled Long Ago. There was a time on earth when in the book of hell an old account was standing for sins yet unforgiven. My name was at the top and many things below. I went unto the keeper and said, Oh, long ago, long ago, down on my knee, long ago, I'm so Yes, the old account was set up long ago.
uh, uh, Lord, this time we got to be at your church again, I, I pray that, uh, uh, Father, that uh, your son would be glorified or magnified right now, and uh, I ask that we'll think about you, Lord, today, in Jesus' name, amen.
Amen. Every tongue will confess. Amen. Let's all stand, if you would, and sing hymn number 465, Draw Me Nearer. Amen and amen. Hymn 465, hymn 465, Draw Me Nearer, Nearer. Near my God. Sing along. Uh, I am thine, O Lord. I have heard thy voice and it told thy love to me. But I long to rise in the arms of faith and be closer drawn to thee. Lord, to the cross where thou hast died. Draw me nearer, 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 blessed Lord, to thy precious living side. Consecrate me now to thy service, Lord, by the power of grace divine. Let my soul look up with a steadfast hope, and my will be lost in thine. Draw me nearer, nearer, blessed Lord, to the cross where thou hast died. Draw me nearer, 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 blessed Lord, to thy precious bleeding side. Pure delight of a single hour that before thy throne I stand. When I kneel in prayer with thee, I commune as friend with friend. Draw me nearer, 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 blessed Lord, to the cross where. cannot know till I cross the narrow sea. There are heights that I may not reach till I rest in peace with thee. Draw me nearer, 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 blessed Lord, to the cross where Welcome to our afternoon service. We're glad that you're here. I want to encourage you to get a copy of the bulletin and read it. Preacher, you come for all. I like it. Amen. I like it. I like it. <clears throat> Announcements are just sometimes a necessary evil, you know? So uh, I like that. Just read your bulletin. Everybody got your bulletin? Amen. Good. Look it over. A lot of stuff in there. Amen. You'll find out lots of neat things. It's even got pictures. Amen. Amen. So what we need is a good offering. Amen. No, we really need a good offering. Because uh, the offering this morning wouldn't, wouldn't take care of our electric bill. 
<laughs> I know, right? Yeah. You say, man, why is he telling all that? Because you need to know. Yeah, right. Amen. And so, um, you know, I'm just keeping you informed. So let me encourage you. You give as unto the Lord. And, uh, and if you haven't, I want you to take this time to do so. Because God, listen, God's going to take care of us. Amen. Yeah. If we just make him preeminent. Amen. So may the Lord bless you as you give. Dear Father, I pray, Lord, that you'd bless today. Thank you, Father, for the choir, God, today in the song. I'm thankful, Lord, that you've been given a name that's above every other name. And I look forward to the day, Lord, where we can see you face to face. Lord, I'm thankful that I'm saved, and I look forward to that day. Lord, we pray that you'd bless this afternoon now. We pray, God, that you'd bless this offering. We pray your blessings upon the gift and the giver. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. If you have an offering, you come. sing and then we're going to have a special uh, this afternoon and uh, one of those hymns will be hymn 643 one of my favorites heaven came down and glory filled my soul the second one being something beautiful so let's sing both of these hymns we'll start with hymn 643 hymn 643 heaven came down and glory filled my soul at the conclusion of the second hymn we want you to greet each other amen amen here we go Oh, oh, what a wonderful, wonderful day, day I will never forget. After I wandered in darkness away, Jesus, my Savior, I met. Oh, what a tender, compassionate He met the need of my heart. Shadows dispelling with joy and death. He made all the darkness in heart.
hope that will surely endure after the passing of time. I have a future in heaven for sure, bearing those mansions of mine. And it's because of that wonderful day when at the cross I believe. Riches eternal and blessings supernal from this precious hand I receive. Heaven came down Something beautiful, hymn 647, hymn 647, something beautiful. After this hymn, please read each other. Something beautiful. Then please read each other. 647, 647, 647, something beautiful. Sing along. Something Mention only one 
I'd have to thank him for his son. Now that's enough to praise the Lord for all he's done. For all he's done. I'm going to lift my hands and praise him for all he's done. I'll try to live my life to please him, even though I don't deserve to live. My life has just begun, and I can't help but praise the Lord for all he's done. For all he's done, I'm going to lift my hands and praise him for all he's done. I'll try to live my life to please him, even though I don't deserve to live. My life has just begun, and I can't help but praise the Lord for all he's done. Even though I don't deserve to live, my life has just begun, and I can't help but praise the Lord for all he's done. Exodus chapter 7, Exodus chapter 7, I just want to read a, a few verses beginning verse 14, we'll read down through verse 19, we, uh, we're about to get into all the plagues that, uh, that God's about to send uh, upon uh, Egypt, but to do that I just want to preach kind of an introductory message uh, with these verses on on where we're going, and to give you an idea about about what's to happen. So, if you found your place there in Exodus chapter seven, verse fourteen, say Amen. Amen. And the Lord said uh, unto Moses, Pharaoh's heart is hardened; he refuseth uh, to let the people go. Get the end of Pharaoh in the morning. Uh, lo, he goeth out unto the water, and thou shalt stand by the river's brink against uh, uh, against the river's brink. Well, stand by the river's brink against he come, and the rod which was turned to, uh, to a serpent shalt thou take in thine hand. And thou shalt say unto him, The Lord God of the Hebrews hath sent me unto thee, saying, Let my people go, that they may serve me in the wilderness. And behold, hitherto thou wouldest not hear. Thus saith the Lord, In this thou shalt know that I am the Lord. Behold, I will smite with the rod that is in mine hand upon the waters which are in the river, and they shall be turned to blood. And the fish that is in the river shall die, and the river shall stink, and the Egyptians shall loathe to drink of the water of the river. Father, we pray that, God, that you'll be with us, and, uh, God, that you'll help me, Lord, again uh, this afternoon. Please speak through me, Lord. I need your help, and, uh, God, I just need your filling, and, God, that I can stay within the context of your word and stay focused on what uh, the message is at hand. And so, Lord, help me, uh, God, and speak to us, Lord, and I give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, and you may be seated. Um, anybody like to give a testimony real quick? We haven't done that in a while. <clears throat> Go ahead, Miss Mary. I'll let ladies first. Y'all next. Go ahead, Miss Mary. Yeah. But what y'all don't know about this, this thing called the 
Amen. Right? Amen. Amen. Go ahead, Josiah. I do appreciate all of our folks that sing because th yeah. that takes some work. Yep. And they spend time up here on Saturdays where the wheel comes in place for them. Amen. And uh, and it does take work to get all, put all that together. And I appreciate all of our, our people. I want to say thank you to everyone, too, for all your prayers for our family. Uh, there was, we were, my sisters were at the uh, funeral home the other day taking care of some details for my mom. And and uh, they, one of the ladies there, we had our family, my brother and sister had been there a couple of times doing, taking care of some things. And, and uh, on this particular occasion, it was just my sisters. And they told them, they said, we just want to uh, tell you something. And they said, sure, go right ahead. And they said, we just want you to know that we can tell that, that uh, you have a godly family just because of the way that you all have handled uh, the services and the circumstances around your mom and dad. And so they said, we just want to thank you for that. And I, I thought, you know, what a great 
testimony, but not not for me or my sisters and brothers, but for my parents. Uh, and I'm thankful today that we had a godly that God let us have them this long. It was a privilege, and I I appreciate that. But I appreciate your prayers. Uh, I told Brother Shelton that uh, I can tell that our folks have been praying for us. Uh, the folks that traveled and came to the uh, uh, the services, I had someone. Uh, come and tell me that uh, they said, man, you got good people. And I said, well, you, well, I, said I, well I know that, but why you say that? He said, because anytime uh, people will follow you to something like this, when they will travel like that and come to the service like this, he said, you, you're doing something right. And I said, well, praise the Lord for that. And, and I give God all the honor and the glory for it. And uh, because it's not, it's you that makes it. You have the strength and the power to make Central Park what it is, and and I, I appreciate you very much. So anyway, so Exodus chapter seven. We'll get right into the message. Uh, since I haven't preached on Sunday afternoon in a few weeks, I'll be through by three, uh, four o'clock. Okay, hey. Robbie. They did, they've been playing pickleball, you know. But, Brother Robbie, I just want to tell you, they've already picked out your uh, weakness, okay? I'm just saying. I, I, they told me about it. They told me about it yesterday, and I said, man, don't pick on him. He, he You know, he can't help it, you know, so. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, but, yeah, they, they do. They have fun. It'll be when it cools. It's going to cool off sooner or later, but when it does, you'll really have a, a good time, and. Anyway, well, let's get into the Word, all right? Uh, Exodus chapter 7, uh, kind of picking up where we were left off. If you look back in Exodus chapter 3 and verse 20, uh, you find where God promised Moses that he would smite, it says he, that God would smite Egypt with all my wonders. And it's right here at, in, where God tells us, that, listen, he's going to take care of Israel. Uh, and this portion of scripture that we're in now covers God's judgment on Egypt. Uh, and up to this point, uh, all we have read about and really noticed is the suffering of Israel. Moses, uh, on, on God's command, has asked Pharaoh to let the Israelites go only to be oppressed. You know, Pharaoh just made it harder on the children of Israel because of that request. And Israel has suffered a lot. Uh, under the hands of Pharaoh, but Egypt up to this point has not suffered. Uh, however, all that's about to change. Can I tell you, listen, we may think we're suffering right now today, but I'm telling you, all this is about to change. Uh, this is not it, you know, and I'm thankful for that. I, this is not the end. Uh, our end is in heaven, amen, when the, in the, the beginning starts at the rapture. But I'm telling you, this, one of these days, God's going to make everything, he's going to take every wrong and make it right. He's about to do that for the children of Israel. God's going to, the Bible says, stretch out his hand against Egypt. And Moses will 
witness uh, the fulfillment of God's promise that he gave back in Exodus chapter 3. So the first thing I want us to see here is the purpose or the aim of all these plagues is because God never does anything without a reason. Never. Three things that we see here, there's three aims, if you will, for the plagues uh, that God brought upon Egypt. And the first one uh, is the glorification of God. If you turn over to Revelation chapter 4 and verse 11, we're talking about the three uh, aims uh, for the plagues uh, uh, were, uh, and I'll tell you, they're God, Egypt, and Israel, all right? The first one is the glorification of God because Revelation 4.11, it says, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for thou hast created all things. It's amazing how often those words come up. For thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. So the purpose of bringing glory uh, to God is the primary purpose for these plagues, and that's to bring glory to God. The second thing that we see is that of Egypt, the power of God. These ten plagues are a great demonstration of the divine power of Almighty God. Listen, they show that God has power to do with creation as He pleases, when He pleases. It's His. He made it. Uh, the Philistines, and I thought this is interesting, four centuries later, uh, uh, or four centuries later say this, after the plagues, four centuries from this point, you read over, they, and I forgot to write the, the place down, where they, they will say, Woe unto us, who shall deliver us out of the hand of these mighty gods? These are the gods that smote the Egyptians with all the plagues in the wilderness. 400 years to the future, they're talking about God and about his power and what he did to the Egyptians back with the plagues. These plagues show us that God has the power to control nature. I mean, he turned water to blood. God controls the animal kingdom. Isn't it amazing that God can control all these except for us? Amen. He controls the animal kingdom. He sent frogs, lice, flies, and locusts. God controls health and diseases. He sent what's called moraine and boils upon the people. Listen, I don't know about you, but I've had sores, but I don't ever want to have a boil. I've seen folks with those. Those things are miserable. Think about Job. He had them from the top of his head to the bottom of his feet. Listen, so God controls health or diseases. Listen, I want you to understand God and say that, let me say, God controls health. Some he sees fit to heal, some he does not. But God still is in the healing business. Amen. Uh, So he controls health and disease. He controls the weather. He sent hell. He controls light and darkness. When God plagued the people, the Bible talks about in these plagues, with utter darkness. And, and so God shows that he controls life and death in the last plague when he smites the, uh, uh, the firstborn. And listen, those people didn't have to die. God told them what to do. And I would, listen, do you think that those Egyptians watched the Israelites? Absolutely they watched them. And can you imagine how they, the Israelites have went out here and, and, uh, and killed this lamb and then they've taken the hyssop and, and they're sprinkling it on the door lentils and the doorposts of their home. And I'm, I'm telling you, there were some Egyptians that was up there going, hey, what you doing? 
hey, what's going on? I mean, Moses told it, uh, Pharaoh what was going to happen. And I, and, and, I, and I can see them out there. They're sprinkling the blood. Listen, like the blood on the, on the mercy seat when the high priests go in. Listen, this was the same, the same type thing. They're doing that to, to keep the judgment of God off of them. And, and they, the, the, the Israelites are going, oh, wait, listen, Moses said that if we don't uh, sacrifice a lamb and if we're not covered by the blood of that lamb that the death angel will, uh, of God is coming through here and he is going to smite the firstborn of everybody, not just uh, you but us too. They had the opportunity to to, uh, to keep themselves from, from the seeing death in their home. So we can see that God controls life and death. And when things get really bad for his people, God steps in and shows his power. And we're going to see this. Then we notice the third thing, the preeminence of God. And we talked about a little bit this, uh, about this this morning. If you look in chapter 12 and verse 12, we see that the plagues show that God was above all the pagan gods of Egypt, and say, is above. Exodus chapter 12 and verse 12, God told Moses and says, against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. Listen, I want you to understand, God is a jealous God. He says, me first. And and he tells us that, but a lot of folks, Christians included, aren't willing to do that. They think that they're going to get inconvenienced. Listen, it's going to be difficult. And yes, those things are going to be true. But it's still worth it to put God first. Amen. Amen. Uh, God's in control. Uh, Then in Numbers chapter 33 and verse 4, if you write this down, Moses wrote these words and said, "Upon Upon their gods, upon Egypt's gods, also the Lord executed judgment. Past tense. So we see that, listen, judgment did come. There's a commentary that said, uh, a guy by the name of F.B. Meyer, I like what he said. He said, by entering into the spheres which were ruled by the gods of Egypt and by overruling them, by predicting exactly what would happen and by causing the prediction to come to pass, by leaving the magicians with all their arts outdistanced and ashamed, Jehovah gave incontestable proof that he was God of gods. Listen, I want you to understand, God still gives proof of that today. Amen. Amen. Just like when the doctor says, you have terminal cancer, there is nothing that we can do. And, and then they go back and take a, an x-ray a, a week or two later, and they say, man, we just don't understand what's going on here. Because two weeks ago, uh, we saw this. It's right here on the x-ray, but now we're not seeing anything. You know why? God is in control. Amen. Amen. He's preeminent. That, After Israel had been delivered from Egypt, if you look in chapter 18 and verse 11, Jethro's visiting with Moses, and he says this, Now I know that the Lord is greater than all gods, for in the thing wherein they dealt proudly, he was above them. So every individual seems to have, you know, that personal rival. If you think about it, we all have a rival in our life. Amen. Every team has a rival team. And God, listen, then and today seems to have his rivals. But the day's going to come 
when Jehovah God is going to display his preeminence at their expense. And we're going to see this. God help us to keep God at the preeminent one in our lives. That's why when I preach like things like I did today and I try to encourage and challenge people, listen, God demands preeminence in our life. Not just on Sunday, but every day. God deserves to be preeminent in the first place in everything. I have people ask uh, all the time about uh, about attendance. I mean, all the time. Well, I had somebody ask, are we expected to come? I'd say, well, listen, it's not about what I expect, but it's about what God expects. Listen, God deserves first place. And when we say things like, well, I had something I had to do this afternoon, or, or if I have something I got to take it, listen, that means that God's not preeminent in your life. But God deserves first place. <clears throat> so God's going to teach them about preeminence. But notice uh, uh, something else is going to take place. If you look back in Exodus chapter 3 again and look in verse 20, we see the humiliation of Egypt where the plagues were the purpose was to smite Egypt. And Egypt, if they deserved anything, they deserved to be smitten of God. And they deserved it because of the way they mistreated Israel. Listen, Egypt was cruel toward the Israelites. They took away their freedom. Uh, they put their heavy foot of slavery on them. And listen, and no nation or people have a right to do that to God's creation. I'm not saying to God's people. I'm talking about to God's creation. That's all of us included. Nobody has a right to do that. After Cain, if you go to Genesis chapter 4 and verse 9, if you remember, after Cain killed his brother Abel and, and God asked Cain, you remember the, the question that God asked Cain? He said, where Abel was, you know, he said, Cain, where's Abel? And, and Cain replied in Genesis 4, 9, and he said, am I my brother's keeper? Well, the answer to that question is yes. You are. We are our brother's keeper. And we ought to treat one another with respect. Amen. Listen, the Lord Jesus summed up the tables of the law into two great commandments. I want you to turn over to Matthew chapter 22. Matthew chapter 22. Uh, we're talking about uh, that, that Egypt deserved to be smitten of God because of the way they mistreated uh, Israel. And the Lord sums up the tables of the law into two great commandments. And if you, Matthew chapter 22, verses 37 through 40, I'm not going to read those, but you read them. The first, uh, the first thing that God said was, uh, the first command was love God. Amen. And the second one was to love our neighbor. Man has trouble with both of them. And the reason that man has trouble with the second commandment is because he doesn't do the first commandment. Amen. Listen, Egypt didn't love the one true God. And because they didn't love the... And, and by the way, they admitted to it as well that they didn't even know God. Uh, I mean, so they said, we don't know him. How can we love him? Well, as a result of that, they were cruel to their neighbor, Israel. And as a result, Israel or Egypt was smitten of God by ten plagues because they didn't treat uh, the people of God right. Listen, if we will love God right, then we'll treat other people right. Amen. Amen. You remember what God promised Abraham and his descendants? If you look in Genesis chapter 12 and verse 3, 
You, you'll, you'll know it when you read it. Genesis chapter 12. I'll give you a second. I want you to turn over there. Bring your sword with you. You'll need them. God promised this to Abraham and his descendants. God said in Genesis 12, 3, I will bless them that bless thee and curse them that curseth thee. Talking about Israel. Attack the Jews, you're in trouble. Egypt found out that Genesis 12 and verse 3, they found out that that's not a joke. Another uh, people that found out this is this wasn't a joke is Germany. They mistreated the Jews. Germany rose to great power, but listen, within a few years, the country lay in ruins and has never risen to that kind of power since. Amen. I mean, we hear sounds today of other countries who've mistreated the Jews and who are mistreating the Jews. And, and listen, I, our country's not the ally that it used to be. And if we're not careful, we're going to find out that Genesis 12, 3 is not a joking matter. Listen, the best thing that we can do for our country is to be a friend of Israel. Amen. I mean, we can all say amen to that. Amen. In fact, we support a Jew. Amen. I mean, be good to them. God said, I'll bless them that bless thee and curse them that curse thee. So the best thing that we can do is help them. Amen. Um, where was I? Oh. Uh, humiliation of Egypt. I, I'll get back there. Being good to being good to the Jews. Look in uh, in Exodus chapter five, verse one. We're going to go there now. We're, we'll talk about the liberation of Israel, and and you'll be good. To not, I'm almost done. This last two weeks have been a little tough, and so when I got to this place, I thought this is a good place to stop. So, um, you know, twenty more minutes, and we'll be there. Okay. I just, I'm just saying, if y'all listening, uh, remember, God promised Moses that he would smite Egypt, okay? And after he promised that, he said, after I smite Egypt, God said, Pharaoh will let you go. And you know, when I read that, I thought, why do some people have to be smitten of God before they do what God says? Why is it that God has to smite you and me as his children. Right. You know, and then uh, why does he have to do that? He says, listen, here's, this is what you do. It's right here. I wrote it down for you so that you don't have to, you won't miss it. Amen? Amen. And he says, here, do this and do this. And, and yet, uh, even after God says to do it this way, do it like this, like I tell you to do, we're saying, well, you know, well, he didn't really mean that. You know, it's all right. Listen, when my dad told me to do things, and he said, boy, you look me right in my eye. I knew that I had to do it like he said, the way he said it, or I was in trouble. Well, God is no exception. Listen, have you ever told somebody, listen, you need to do this. Please do this. You know, we've done this with our kids. If you, don't, if you do this again, you're going to get a whooping. Next day, if you do, I told you, if you do that again, you're going to get a whipping. And the next day, if I told you two days ago, you know why? Why? Because we're long-suffering. We don't want to give our kids a whooping. 
Listen, do you think God wants to chastise us? Absolutely not. So when God tells us something, the best thing that we can do is just do it. And the best thing that Egypt could have done, listen, for them and the people is just simply do what God told them to do and let Israel go. But they didn't do that. If you look back in Exodus chapter 5, verse 1, again, God said, let my people go. And what did Pharaoh say? A little two-letter word, no. You know, one thing that I can't quite get, you know, I have a hard time with. I still do. One is when my kids say no. Or when they were growing up, you know, they were home. And I tell them to do something. And they and, and listen, I'm tell, if they ever told me no, it's a bad thing. And, and there's only been a couple of times when I've told my grandkids to do something. And I mean, I can, I mean, just, I think maybe twice. And it wasn't the same one where I said, hey, you need to do this. And they look up to me and they'll say, no. And I grab them by the arm and I squeeze it just a little bit, you know. They're my grandkids. You don't want to squeeze them too hard. And I say, hey, don't you tell me no. And then we have a little come to Jesus meeting for a few minutes. Listen, do you know the worst thing you can do as a child of God is tell God no? And listen, and when, and by the way, let me just throw this in. When his representative stands up here, whether it's me or Brother Marco or Brother uh, uh, Shelton or anyone else, listen, and we say, thus saith the Lord, the worst thing that you can do is say no. If it's in this book, get with it. Well, Pharaoh says no. I mean, and listen, and it was just literally a stubborn refusal on Pharaoh's behalf. And do you think it went over well with God? Absolutely not. God, as a result of Pharaoh's response, watch, you think it went, his response were ten plagues. And the ultimate, listen, and because of the plagues, the ultimate was the destruction of the land of Egypt completely. Amen. Listen, then after God destroyed Egypt, you know what happened? They let the people go. But why does it have to get to that place? Listen, God still deals with stubbornness the same way today that he dealt with it back then. Refusal to submit to his will eventually results in loss, great loss, on behalf of that person who refuses to do things God's way. You never gain by resisting God's way, never. Sooner or later, God's going to stretch out his hand and smite you, just like he did Egypt. Listen, God's no respect to a person. If he's going to smite Egypt for their refusal and their stubbornness to do what he says, I'm telling you, if we do it, then we can expect God's chastisement on us. And we can all say amen. Uh, notice uh, the last thing. We, we're we talking about the liberation of Israel. God's warning about stubbornness, but now we see the way of salvation. Judgment on sin. And this is interesting. I like this part. Judgment on sin before Israel could be free reminds us of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Think about it. Before the sinner who is bound in the bondage of sin can be free, there has to be judgment on sin. Yeah. And just like Israel in Egypt, 
the sinner doesn't experience the judgment. Are y'all still with me? Egypt bore the judgment of Israel's case. Uh, you, you follow me? Yeah, I, let me say it again. Israel, Egypt bore the judgment in Israel's case. You know what? And Jesus bears the judgment in the sinner's case. You see, the Lord Jesus Christ took our punishment for us. We who were bound for a devil's hell, bound in sin, listen, Christ bore our sin on Calvary that we might, listen, that we might be free from the penalty of sin. And without, the ju- without judgment on sin, the sinner cannot be free. That's why works-based salvation will not work. Why? Because God must bring judgment on sin or he is not a holy God. Listen, and judgment came upon sin on, our, on the Lord Jesus Christ. He who, uh, 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 let's see, how that verse go? He who knew no sin became sin for us. He bore our sin. Listen, why? Because we deserve God's punishment. But that sin was placed on him for you and me. Well, listen, I want you to understand, uh, it's the same thing here in Egypt. I want you to understand that God sent these plagues, and, and Israel didn't bear the sin. They were the ones in bondage. They were the ones in slavery. But Egypt bore their sin, not Israel. And as a result, they went free. And so do you and I today because of what Christ did for us. Listen, in grace, Christ provided you and me, listen, uh, uh, the ability or the way that we might escape bondage of sin. Because when we trust Christ as our Savior, we gain the greatest freedom of all, period. I am free today because of what Christ did for me. Can I tell you today, that? but if we do not walk in the, in the, the strength of the Holy Spirit of God, if we, don't, if we don't have a right relationship with Him, we're going to suffer the judgment of Almighty God. Listen, and we're going we're gonna to go through every plague one by one and see what all of these things. They, it's amazing thing what, what we can learn through the plagues and the judgment of God on someone else. You know, one of the things that I learned growing up as, you know, having an older brother is I learned that he did a lot of things, got in a lot of trouble. And I learned that when he did that and got in trouble for that, I'm not going to do that. You know, because I saw him get in trouble a lot of times from my daddy. And I want you, it was not pretty. And I thought, if I do, by the way, when I did do it, I still hear my mother's voice in my mind. She said, boy, be sure your sin will find you out. Yeah, and you know what? That's exactly what happens. You know, we got to be careful today to make certain that when we do things, we do it for his honor and for his glory because God will deal with sin in our life. If we don't deal with it, God will deal with it. Father, help us, Lord. And I pray, God, that your hand will be upon us. Lord, as we just kind of start here with this jumping off place, God, uh, an introduction to these plagues, Lord, we find that, God, that, Lord, we, we... We've got to do things your way. God, Egypt, in fact, Lord, and, and even in the way they mistreated Israel, they, uh, they had an opportunity to not go through the things that they went through if they would have just been obedient. But, God, they were not. And they suffered the wrath and judgment of Almighty God. Lord, can you help us as your children? 
God, that when you tell us to do something and you show us from your word, Lord, can we not respond in a way, Lord, that we can come and escape your judgment upon our life and upon sin in our life? God, please help us. I pray, Father God, that you just get, uh, Lord, just help us to do business with you today. Use us, Lord. And I pray that when we leave this place, that we'll leave it, Lord, clean and right before God. And, Lord, that we will be used in a great and mighty way this week to reach others with the gospel of Christ. And I give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. While we stand and while Brother Shelton sings a verse of invitation. Before